Welcome to Two Slices, a simple podcast with a couple of guys. I'm Sean. And I'm Roger. And we're here to serve you up our thoughts on what we're reading, what we're thinking, and what we're up to. Let's see where we go from here. Thanks for joining us for The Slice. All right, and welcome to Two Slices, a podcast like you just heard in the intro about our thoughts on life. Yes, indeed. How are you, Sean? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am doing well, and uh, we're starting to get a little bit of a groove here. We've done two or three, two or three of these, and so mm-hmm. we'll maybe get our sea legs under us here in a little bit. But uh, I'm excited to just get together with you each week and uh, just talk about life, man, what's happening, what we're reading, you know. <laughs> In the natural, we're kind of different personalities and, you know, a little bit different things that we, we do. But, uh, man, we share something in common, and that's like kind of our pursuit of the Lord, right? You know, yeah. pursuit of God and yeah. spiritual things and, and deeper things. And so— uh, I think just being real, too. I think yeah. we're, I think we're both kind of real guys with who we are and sure. don't have to put on, a, you know, a, kind of a face for different groups or the world. Can be, I think we both value just being as authentic as we can with who we are. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Absolutely. And so what is Two Slices? What is this podcast all about? And uh, uh, you shared a cool story. Share the story with me about growing up. So you're a Philly boy. Yeah. Now, I've got a whole Philly story I got to tell you. Okay. A vacation story? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. We got got the Philly vacation (laughs) story coming at some point on the podcast. (laughs) But I got to tell you, I'll tell you the different story about Philly. But tell, tell, tell our audience how you got in, what two slices means to you. Cause it's a lot different probably than for me. And, you know, just kind yeah, of what you yeah. shared, what you shared with me a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. So, so kind of the heart of two slices is we're going to each give kind of our views, thoughts, um, what we're reading, just kind of our slice on different things in life. But, you know, uh, when we, when we kind of arrived at that name, it just kind of landed is maybe the best way to describe. We had a couple names we floated out there, but this one just kind of landed. And I was telling you that when I when I grew up, there's a very clear um, connection to the word two slices for me. That that phrase is when I grew up. I grew up in Philadelphia, an East Coast, where um, we got pizza all the time. So pizza shops were all over the place. Right. Um, you know two, three, four in kind of my town, like no big deal, just kind of very standard stuff. And uh, it wasn't until I moved to Ohio uh, to go to university, you know, gosh, how old am I? That was 21 years ago, <laughs> 22 years ago. Uh, when, when, I moved to so Ohio, when I moved to Ohio, I found out not ever like pizza's different here. Right. And so, so I, it was the first time I ever saw pizza cut into squares. Right. So I grew up, everything's, you know, triangles. And you you, yeah. you kind of bend the slice and yeah, put it in your mouth. That's and, the way it's supposed to be eaten. Yeah. I, but <laughs> when I came to Ohio and I saw the squares, I was like, oh, that's so neat. It's like pizza snacks. It's just like you can just have these little bits <laughs> and just kind of just keep eating. Yeah, pizza yeah. Orders. So I wasn't offended or, or weirded out by it, but it was really different. And so I say that because uh, when, when we talked about two slices, uh, the the what it brings up for me is when I was growing up, uh, I would go to this pizza shop uh, called Angelo's, and this pizza shop was a dollar twenty-five. I love it for a slice of pizza. I love it, and uh, ten cents more for pepperoni. Yeah, so it was like a dollar thirty-five, and oh, yeah. you'd always get two slices. Two seventy got you two slices, two, man. Two slices, and then like it was, <laughs> I don't know, maybe like a, a ninety cents for like a Pepsi or something. Yeah, and so so we'd always scrape up money, uh, you now, know. 
and do whatever we could to go get two slices. Now, as a Philly boy, were you raised a Pepsi guy or a Coke guy? Uh, I probably was raised, I would say Coke. Uh, I was always very adventurous, though. So okay. I was always kind of one of those, like, I didn't want to be pinned down to one label. Uh, but I was probably more, I was probably more Coke, but I always really liked Pepsi. Pepsi was just sure. never, Coke, Coke is just everywhere. I don't know where I grew up. It's just Coke is everywhere. So Pepsi was always like, anytime Pepsi was on an option, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll go with Pepsi because I almost yeah. always have a Coke product. So, so I grew up with Appalachian parents from West Virginia, Virginia, you know, just just mountain people, the whole nine yards, and Pepsi was everything. Okay. Everybody drank Pepsi. Okay. And it came in a bottle, and they would put salted peanuts in the bottle before they drank it. What? Absolutely. That was What does thing. that do? I don't know, but that's what they did. So they, they pop, like, like pop, pop salted yep. peanuts, and it, it would, I assume, just sink to the bottom yep. and settle there. Yep. And then you drink the bottle of Pepsi. Yeah. And then you make the decision. You make the call whether you finish the peanuts off or, or leave them in the if bottle. If you chew them up and have a little <laughs> snack right after, I've never heard of this. Yes, sir, buddy. That's that's what you call good old Appalachian America, right there. Pepsi and peanuts. We got. I want to try it now. <laughs> now I have to tell you, Sean. I've never told you this. We've been friends for a while, and I've never mm -hmm. told this to you. But Philadelphia holds a special place in my heart. Mm. This is why. I fell in love with the NBA watching the Sixers. Is that right? Absolutely. Well, I was a young kid, and I'll never forget the team. It was Dr. J was high-flying. Mm -hmm. Moses Malone was the center. Yes. Andre Tony was the guard. The old left-hander Bobby Jones. I mean, I was all about – I thought the world sat around them, and I was <laughs> the biggest Sixers fan in the world. How did you get – like, just randomly? Because they it? were in – that was the year – that was the year they went to the to the championship. That was the year they went to the okay. NBA finals. And yeah. they were on CBS, and that was the first time I had seen an NBA game ever in my life. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I don't know, 80, 81, mm -hmm. 82, somewhere The NBA there. wasn't as popular back then. No, yeah. you know. And then I got away from it and then got back into it later in life uh you know when i was in high school and stuff but uh yeah that's that's where i was like man i used to watch dr j and that afro and just grabbing that ball and taking off from about 40 feet away man and just mm. phew, putting it down oh i loved it I, I grew up i grew up big philly sports fan right of, of all things like right. Philadelphia teams but there was something uh, when alan iverson when he was on the sixers and if you ever went to a game he, he, you went to a game to watch Allen Iverson. Oh, absolutely! It, it was un, it was unbelievable to see someone like him. Who the stat sheet says like six six one. That guy is like five ten. Yep. I mean, he is not this. He's a very slight guy. Yeah. But he was so unbelievable against just these giants. And you would watch him, and he's faster, and he's smoother, and he always finishes, you yeah. know, every every fast break, and it was just worth the price of admission. That that oh, was yeah. that was like when you <clears throat> saw someone shine in a crowd of outstanding people. It was just something to behold. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can remember watching him so many. So, so my dad decided. My dad was smart. He said he decided I don't want my kids in their high school years just out running around all over the place. Mm -hmm. So he went down to and bought like the biggest TV. It was like a 60 inch and it was this was a four by three TV. This wasn't a widescreen 60 inch TV. OK. Wow. And this big old oak cabinet. I mean, this thing was massive. Right? When was this? Because 60 inch TVs used to no, work. This, this was like in the 80s. That's what I was going to say. They yeah. weren't common until no. like maybe seven yeah. or eight years ago. Now everyone's yeah. got them. Yeah, and so this was a massive wow. TV. He built this sports kind of like room downstairs for us. Three boys. I've got two brothers. 
And, um, and he created a room for us that would be the equivalent of a sports bar today without alcohol. Just the we total had a pool table. Cave. We the had a pool table. Cave. Yeah, we had a ping pong table, table tennis there, had a pinball machine, had that. And then he, had a, he went and got a satellite dish. And so we were sports nuts. I didn't watch anything but sports from 80, about 84, 83, 84 till 90. I didn't watch anything on TV but sports. Mm. So we would have this big 10-foot satellite dish, and we would watch East Coast feeds, NBA at 7, Celtics, Sixers, you know, whoever, the Knicks, whoever it might be, um, New Jersey, whatever team it was. And then at 10 o'clock, we would flip over, watch the Lakers. We'd watch the Jazz. We would watch the, the Suns. We would watch, you know. And so I, I watched I watched the NBA until like 1 o'clock every night. Mm. <laughs> every night, you know. Mm -hmm. Same thing with football. So he was smart. And then all my friends loved it. So they always just hung out at our house. I always had, always had five or six guys at my house between my brothers and I, and we just literally, that's what we did all through high school, man. <laughs> How many siblings do you have? So I have two brothers, two younger brothers. So. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, Sixers, man. Oh, I just, I know it's so nostalgic for me, but and I'm not really a Sixers fan anymore. I don't, it's not like they didn't like stick with me. Yeah. You know, um, but man, that was my first opening to professional sports and what it, you know, what it really could be. Yeah, you know, I was talking with uh, with my wife about that about uh, maybe a week ago or so, and uh, it's this might sound strange, but being part of um, you know charismatic churches and really like that's like spirit filled charismatic church. Sure. I just love it. I just love the expression of worship. Right. Um, but oddly, sometimes like there like the 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 dynamic or the avenue of athletic isn't really like how do i say this sometimes it feels like um we don't wrap our arms around it because we feel like it's competitive like if you get so excited no, to go to man. a sports game you should get Dude. that excited to worship the lord and i'm like oh no i totally do but god god made me this way like right. he really he really yeah. made me with a heart for athletics sure. like i he made me athletic i i like you like you played football i've right. just always been involved in some way shape or form yeah. And I'll never forget this. So, but I put, I laid all that stuff down when I first came, oh, like when man. I really first came to Jesus and gave my life to the Lord, there was probably like a good, I'm not kidding, like six, seven year period where I didn't even watch any athletics anymore. And part of it was really healthy for me because it was really kind of sure. detoxifying me of, of, of right. where I found value and where I found identity and, yep. and that sort of thing. And really kind of. Um, it was kind of like a, a stretch of consecration that I think a lot of people can probably relate to. Right. And, and so for me, that's what it looked like. It would, and, but it got to the point where like, I, I was like suppressing like my desire to like watch a, a football game or something. And, and what happened is I felt like that kind of season of consecration just began to lift because it, it brought some maturity in my life, some more character in my life. And I felt like this kind of refreshed desire to to engage again, kind of go to a sporting event, like or watch watch yeah. on TV, and uh, and and I was resisting it. I was just like, no, I, I mean, you know, I, maybe I should just always lay that down. And I'll never forget <sighs> this. Someone came up to me, and uh, 
and and they were praying for me and uh, laid hands on me. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that, that's just something we really value, I guess, in our church community, just in our lives, is uh, is prayer and, and getting people to pray for you. It's just awesome. It's just really yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. And I, I remember uh, I was in a small group environment. And uh, a couple people just came over, laid hands, and prayed for me. And uh, one of them was like, I see you uh, on your sofa watching football. And Jesus is right there with you, so excited. Yeah. And it freed me up. Yeah. It like freed me up to kind of just embrace that place and not have that kind of religious mindset yeah. that he's not in that too. You know, and so... Um, so I just, so, so, you know, to partner w with what you're saying, I just totally connect to like sports. Yeah. Just really connect to it. Yeah, I, I do too. And, 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 you know, for me, like one of the great mentors in my life, Dr. Lynn Hiles, just a great guy. Uh, and I, I could go on and on and on stories about him, but when he, he's probably, I think he's about 12 years older than me, 11, 12 years older than me. Well, when I was a teenager, he was in his early 20s and, you know, traveling, doing ministry full time. And I never, I had never, you know, I, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal kind of really loud, charismatic Pentecostal church where like the preacher was the revered, you know, oh, he's up there on the podium and he's so holy and all this stuff. And, you know, I'll never forget the first time he came to visit and, and was there for three days. I was laying in the floor watching an NFL game and he flopped down on the floor beside me and we started watching the football game and he started, and it was the Redskins. I think it was the Redskins and the Browns maybe. And he was a Redskins fan and mm -hmm. we're just talking football, never anything Bible. And that so Jesus so hooked my hooked his claws in me because then that guy got up and just tore it up preaching. I mean, just, Mm. seen prophesied over people healed people but but, but was just as real as they come outside mm. of the pulpit was just real yeah you know yeah and no airs nothing and now you know i mean he's got an incredible ministry blown up national tv you know i mean just huge ministry but just as real as they come and and that i know i just i'm just now it's like this is coming to me as we're talking about this I never realized the hook that that got in me for mm. the Lord mm. to be like, it's yeah. okay, man. You know, you know, you can still pursue. And so what I did was, and I probably swung the pendulum too far was, you know, until I got into the pastorate years and years and years ago, I just was sports crazy and I pursued Jesus crazy. Mm -hmm. And then you get into this pastorate life kind of thing. And it's like, it becomes a very just, you know, very studious and reading and all that. And, you know, and I kind of let that die. I kind of let that. I used to I used to be very, very active in a lot of those things. And so, yeah. I remember so, you saying that last time. What's Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I'm just kind of uh, I'm getting stirred a little bit in my in my heart here, hearing you share these stories and, you know, and stuff. And, man, I spent hundreds of hours in the gym and, you know, and. And played basketball and tennis and anything. We, my brothers and I, used to play racquetball back in the day when they had racquetball courts, until we were just collapsed. Mm. I mean, you know, just had the time of our life, you know. <laughs> but it, and it, but it kept us. None of us, me and either one of my brothers, never really strayed into like bad stuff. I mean, it just kept us from that. And yeah. the Lord just kind of sweeped us up and brought us on through that, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I wanted to ask you today, you know, what we're th what I'm thinking about. I've been thinking about leadership a lot. And so I've been reading 
just tons of leadership stuff. Right. Um, I just, I mean, I can rattle, uh, dare to lead by Brene Brown, um, uh, winning with people, uh, by John Mack, a few John Maxwell books I've read in the last like six months, winning with people. Um, let me think. Um, what was the second book you said you a dare, dare to, to lead with by Brene Brown winning okay. with people the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership oh, that's my favorite have you read the leadership secrets of Jesus by John Maxwell no oh, it's so good it, I took my whole staff I took my whole staff years ago through that where it literally takes down the leadership secrets that shows Jesus and how he led the disciples yeah and John Maxwell brings it into how we lead today he yeah he he's, he's so great I, he's good on that stuff he's yeah. a wizard when it comes to the leadership stuff, um, extreme ownership. That's a book that I revisit. I read that probably about, Oh boy, maybe a year, year and a half ago now. So I wouldn't say I recently read that, but that is an unbelievable two Navy seals. They narrate it. You got to get the, na- you right. got to get the narrated book yep. though. Cause it's like exactly what you would think. These really amazing, uh, Navy seals, former Navy seals. And I mean, it's like, you know, he sounds like macho man, Randy Savage. He's like, there we were pinned down in the jungle <laughs> and it's it's unbelievable it's so engaging and they tell these amazing combat I stories I love it. and then pull out like the leadership principle from right, it sure. and then fast forward now they really do like a lot of like leadership consulting for companies um but anyway so i've been just reading through just just absorbing i mean uh, there's a couple others that i've read um you know half a dozen books in the last like four months on leadership or so probably oh, so about good. a dozen books in the last 10 months and uh, I've just been really kind of just pondering that and, and, and looking for ways to grow in it. And so I was going to ask you, you know, what do you think, what, what in your life has been the a DNA of a leader for you? It sounds like, you know, Lynn Hiles, just really his, his authenticity for you, um, just deeply connected. Yeah. You know, he and I connected in, in a lot of ways as far as um, we enjoyed the same not necessarily enjoyed the same things, but we just connected in the word the same way. I found that I saw the scriptures in a very similar way. Um, man, I've had some great men and, and women who have impacted me. Uh, Gary Garner, Pastor Gary Garner, taught me the discipline of study and, and, and the benefit that comes from preaching out of the overflow of study, mm. which is great. Um, uh, Pastor Valerie Robinson in Tulsa, Oklahoma, she taught me the power of the prophetic voice and listening to the spirit and being unconventional and moving past all of the um, all of the fluff and getting right. She's one of those people that in about two minutes can get right to the heart of something in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. And so th- those have been great examples for me for leadership. But I got to be honest with you. My greatest examples of leadership was my athletic coaches in high school. Really? Absolutely. Without a doubt. I, I had an eighth grade football coach that was an All-American with Bowling Green, linebacker, Cliff Carpenter. Amazing dude. No nonsense. He's like, he's, he's like one of those Navy SEAL kind of guys, okay. right? Yep. A and, to B. And he... he imparted to me when I'm 13, 14, 15 years old, the greatest thing that every man wants is the affirmation that they have what it takes to, mm. to, to make it, to do it, to succeed in life. Mm. And I'll never forget, we went undefeated and um, 
was in eighth grade. This is eighth grade. I'm not even talking high school. I'm talking eighth grade. You th- a little what we consider Pee Wee football now, right? Eighth grade football. We went undefeated. Our our school had never had a season where they went undefeated at any level. Varsity, junior varsity, elementary, nothing. It just had never had an undefeated season. And we played against Heath High School, the the lo- other local high school that was just a powerhouse. We beat Newark Catholic, and that had never happened in our school history. And we pay, we played Heath for the championship, and I'll never forget we lost the game six to nothing. Mm-hmm. I I made four tackles on the goal line to on a fourth downs to stop them from running the score up, but we just could not score on them. They beat us six to nothing, right? They they scored a touchdown on us, missed an extra point, and we we ended up losing the game. And I was so down. I was as down as you could get. I was beyond low, mm, right? Just inconsolable. Inconsolable. We we take the bus ride back. I'm there, I'm gonna get tore up telling this story. Mm. We take the bus ride back, and I'm the last guy to get off the bus. I just can't get off the bus, man. And I'm walking up there, and and Coach Carpenter he steps in front of me in the aisle, and he puts his hands on both of my shoulders, and he said, "Leg, look up here." And he said, "You played a great game today." And he said, "You've got to make. You've got a lot of talent. And if you put your head down and you work hard, you're going to make your name for yourself in this community." And it just lifted me. Mm. And I didn't care about the game after that. Mm. I thought, "Oh, he believes in me," you know. Wow. And so those are the leadership things that really impacted me. And you know, for a while, I thought football was going to be my path in life, and that got detoured in high school because of injury. But um. Yeah, it really, it's my sports coaches, sports really has been the best leadership thing for me because I've had to face tremendous adversity and over and, and deal with it. Yeah. Loss and deal with it. Success and deal with it. Yeah. You know, and having coaches that really kind of just taught those life lessons about leadership, you know. Yeah. And, and I also saw really bad leadership. Mm-hmm from some sports coaches, you know? Mm-hmm. And I knew that that's not the kind of leader I wanted to be. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to lift and not lean on people. And yeah. So, yeah. So I would, <laughs> I know that's an unorthodox answer. It's awesome. It's but awesome. Th- that's really probably the, 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 and then of course, the same books, Mac, I love John Maxwell and, and those guys, you know, yeah. Those 21 irre- irrefutable laws of leadership are still irrefutable. They still are. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> right. No, I love that, you know, because I, I, you know, when it comes to sports and things like that, some of my greatest lessons, uh, in life have come through trials that are a result of competition, right? Things like, um, you know, there's a saying, you know, when you work out, the workout begins when you want to quit. Right. So up until then, you're just exercising. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's so true. It's Sean. right when you oh. want to quit. That's when you make that conscious choice. Right. Yeah. That's when like, OK, like I'm going to continue doing this. And that's where the work starts. Wow. And I feel like for like when, when I look through my life and even currently, it, it's actually these kind of moments where you want to quit that I find where I grow. Oh, that's so good. That's so, so good, Sean. So just the connection to sports, I just love how how much it plays a positive role in our life. But what a big difference it makes, like you said, having a coach yeah. that is the right kind of leader. Yeah. You know, kind of the DNA of a leader who believes in you, who is setting a standard um, and holding you up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's so good, man.
that's so that's so good i'm i I just man good stuff well you know what tomorrow is i don't know if it is here what is tomorrow tomorrow is the perfect storm tomorrow is in my in my neighborhood right it is trash day recycle day and lawn (laughs) waste day it happens about once every two years. I, you it falls be, on the same you gotta day. You got to be jazzed about that. Oh, man. I've 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 been talking with my wife about it for weeks. I was like, "Look at this, look at this! It's coming!" <laughs> I was like, "This is amazing! I don't have to bring it out twice. I can just bring it out once to the curb." So I looked at the calendar. She asked me, uh, "Hey, is it trash day tomorrow?" I said, "Not only is it trash day, it is the <laughs> perfect storm of waste." I love it. I love it, Sean. Oh, man. And you get a lot of energy from doing stuff around your house, you know? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you kind of enjoy that process of really just, yeah. you know, because you spend a lot of time working your brain during the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so doing oh. stuff around the house sometimes is like, I don't know if you find this. Um, I mean, you are you you come from a family of contractors. Yeah, of, oh, you yeah, know, you all guys, of them. You have a deep history there. Um some of that stuff is, uh, man, it's like some things take so long and they're, it's like the payoff isn't even there when you're done. And then other things, other kind of those quick hits are like so amazing. But all yeah. of it kind of takes, you know, sometimes it's it's nice to do something that takes your mind away from uh, where you're, the demand of your mind needs to be, the right. demand of your life. Yes. And to do those kind of washing the dishes, yeah. getting lost, painting the wall, just kind of getting lost in something. and and enjoying the outcome of it. Yeah, I That's definitely so share cool. that. Well, you know, I have really, this turned into a leadership podcast, I want, want, but this is great. I love I love this, you know. So we're about 30 minutes in, so I'm just kind of thinking, what else, Sean, as far as, you know, what else is stirring in you this week? Anything you want to jump into? Any, any other thoughts that direction? You know, I'm just trying to, what I've been just kind of, I guess, gravitating towards, has been just being really open about growth, just personally. So reading books is one thing, going through sort of trials where you have to persevere, right? And then looking myself in the mirror, so to speak, and just being open to growth, I think is something that I've just been thinking mm. about. I don't, I don't have a great answer. I, I don't, this isn't like, I, I don't have a message on it, but just really looking through the lens of, you know, our life, our, our lives are so short. They, they, like they really are. And yeah. how can I maximize the time that I have? Yeah. Um, one of those That's areas, so just without, it's without go, becoming introspective and getting self-focused and all that, you know, and the, because then you'll get self-promoting and all this. It, but it's just more of, you know, where where are areas of my life um, that I that I can grow? And the cool part is as soon as I identify it, I love, you know, setting, setting a course, just Mm. beginning to lean into it. Right. Like it's one thing to have a dream. It's another thing to charter a course towards it. And, and how do I, where in my life can I grow? And it's been a really fun thing just to kind of think about because there's not this self condemnation or performance anxiety with it. It's just truly like, man, my time is short. Like if I'm honest with myself, I want to also be honest with those opportunities where where I can grow, you know, and um, just leaning into that as best I yeah. can. So some of it comes in books or conversations with you like this. Uh, so those are some of the things I've been thinking about and kind of just feeling freshly uh, challenged in a really motivating way. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
well, you know, this is a couple slices, right? Two slices. And, and I've enjoyed the slice this week. Um, I, I didn't know our conversation about Philly would go this direction and turn us into sports and leadership and how those things influence. But I love it. I love getting to know you better every week. Yeah, me too. I hope our audience is, is enjoying this as well, too. And uh, we're going to work on the social media side and the other things that you need to do to reach out and connect with us and, and those kind of things. But I'm enjoying just gathering a couple guys that uh, are going to share our heart about what we're thinking, what we're reading, what we're up to. And uh, I, I get something each week by hearing you share your thoughts, your stories. And I think our audience will as well, too. Well, man, it's been great. Looking forward to the next one. All right. We'll see you next time.